talk about today is how amazing and wonderful each one of us are and how incredibly included everyone is in the great work that Jesus has for the earth. And to comprehend and understand how amazing the church is and how revolutionary the church is, Paul, uh, one of the writers of the Bible, gives an amazing illustration. And you've probably read it many, many times, but it's the illustration of the body. And I'm not going to read the whole section, but what I'm going to do is draw out key verses from 1 Corinthians 12, 12 to 27. Unity and diversity in the body. And in this passage, the Apostle Paul, he talks about the church is very much like the human body. That the human body, it has many parts, and the different parts have diverse functions. And some parts of the body are hidden, or we don't see what our kidneys and our heart and our lungs and our pancreas is doing right now. And some parts are more prominent, like the head, the hands, the feet, we see them. And there are other parts that are tiny, like cells and blood cells. And all these parts that the writer of 1 Corinthians says are in diversity with one another. They're all different, they're all functioning, and they're not all the same. So there's diversity without conformity working in perfect unity. And it's amazing that Paul is saying the way our bodies are functioning now, the heart's doing its thing, the lungs are doing its thing, the, the white blood cells are doing their thing, the red blood cells, the brain, it's all working, diversity, without conformity in perfect unity. Paul is saying that's the church as well. Even so, the body is made up, even so the body is not made up of one part, but of many. 1 Corinthians uh, 12, uh, let me get that, make sure I've got that right. 1 Corinthians 12, 14. Every person has a function in the body of Christ. Every, every single one of you. So if you, this morning, you, you may not be a believer yet, but... You could come to Jesus this morning and immediately you would become part of the body. You'd become part of the body of Christ. The body is not made up of one part, but of many. So I want to demolish something right now. Because I think there's been a lie in the body of Christ that says the body is made up of just one part. And often that one part has been just the most prominent part which has often been um, ministries like people who speak. <laughs> Somebody's speaking right now. And churches then get built around the idea of just one part. And then churches grow because of a man or woman who has power for the hour. And then that person wows the body with genuine gifts of the spirit, but the body itself doesn't function. The Bible says, even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. So I'm smashing that down right now, yeah? yeah. <laughs> it's 
we're getting rid of, we won't even have that in our heads. If you thought going to church is just to go and gather around one part of the body, that was a lie that got propagated easily just by sometimes the structure of what a Sunday morning can be like. We want to demolish that. <coughs> so if we're not just one part but made up of many parts, that means that every single part of the body is absolutely equal to another part of the body. So all, if you're a Christian, you're part of the body and all are equally part of the body. That in the body of Christ, no one is superior and no one is inferior. So visibility in the body does not mean that someone is over or better or more. I'm speaking because I'm playing a role in the body, <laughs> just part of the body that I play a role in. But that doesn't mean I'm over you or better than you or more than you. Yeah. So we demolish that yeah, in our heads. Paul says in that chapter of 1 Corinthians 12 verse 13, because all are sustained and refreshed by the same Holy Spirit. So each part is able to do their part because of their abiding in Christ, their gift that they've received from the Spirit or, or, or from Christ, and are refreshed by the same Holy Spirit, which means that no one is better, no one is more, no one is over. Because in humility, we're all drawing on the very same source, our relationship to the Lord Jesus Christ. The body also means that we are all interdependent in verse 12 of that chapter. But all its many parts form one body. So it is with Christ. Which is amazing. One body. So we're a local expression of a church in Plumstead. Where there are many local expressions of churches in Plumstead. New Wine this morning will be meeting probably with an auditorium filled with 3,000 people. The, the, the Tabernacle over the road will also have thousands of people. The Slade up the road will have hundreds of people. And there'll be, there's a little um, um, church up the road which has got eight people. But it's all one body. We're just a, a body made up of different parts but part of the body. So Jesus' body actually is not split into multiple denominational parts. It's actually just one body. All its many parts form one body. This is the body of Christ. Now you, now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is part of it. So this is really powerful because it means that the moment you become a believer, you become part of the body of Christ. And sometimes one of the things that get into our heads is we compare ourselves to one another. Mm. And if we 
we, we then get into performance and perfectionism and, and we don't feel adequate or good enough. But this verse is saying, now you are the body of Christ, each one of you, each one of you. Like not some of you and some of you not, depending on your gift, but each one of you. That means that no one can say, you don't need me. No one can say that to another human being, you don't need me. I think probably most often we wouldn't say that to anybody, but we say it to us, we, we believe it about ourselves, they don't really need me. They don't really need me, who am I? They don't really need me. Neither can we say, I don't need you. So we can't say, you don't need me, and we can't say in our heart to another human being, I don't yeah. need you. We, 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 we each need one another. So we each need the gift and the capacity and the insights and the Holy Spirit um, capacities that he's given. Or we can't say, I'm not like someone else, so I'm useless. You can't say that. But you can, but you shouldn't. <laughs> you can't say that because you're part of a body. This is an interesting thing. Nor can we opt in and opt out of belonging. So in verse 14, 15 it says, Now if the foot should say, I'm not the hand, because I'm not the hand, I don't belong to the body. It would not for that reason stop being part of the body. So you actually can't opt in and opt out. You, you opt in the moment you say yes to Jesus. Amen. So when you get invited into Jesus' life and he says, come and follow me, guess what? You found a people as well. You, you, you became part of a people. Automatically, supernaturally, you got put into the body. So you can't opt out. So the hand can't say to the foot, I don't really want to be part of the body because I'd rather be a foot. No, you, you are what you are and you are part of it. We belong to one another the moment we say yes to Jesus. So there are so many um, thousands and thousands of believers who... For, I think sometimes for good reason, became disenchanted with local church. And then they want to live a disconnected life. Now, in the, I think in the spiritual reality, in the eyes of Jesus, saying, no, you are part of the body. Whether you are connecting yourself to an expression of a local church or not, you are, but you're not functioning. It's like you are, but who you are is not coming fully alive and fully, fully expressed. And the strength and the grace and the thing you carry is not flowing in the body. Not because you're not part of the body, but in your mind you believe you're not part of the body. And because you think you're not part of the body, it's not flowing to people. No one can say, I'm unnecessary. No one can. I can say, I need you. And you can say, I need you. <laughs> I need what you carry. I need your unique perspective. I need your story. I need your history. And you, you need my story, my history, my grace, and what I carry. God has placed the parts in the body 
every one of them just as he wanted them to be. Verse 18. So we have to be who he's made us to be. I, never, I, I actually never wanted to be a communicator, speaker, do any of this. Found life, you just say yes to Jesus, and you say yes to Jesus, and you say yes to Jesus, and he gets you in position, and he makes a way. He overcomes timidity and fearfulness and, and introspection and, and, and those things and brings the gifts out in his strength. I wanted to read you something I wrote this weekend just to express the heart, I believe, of the Bible for you and me. I'm going to ask Holy Spirit that we will take it on board. Hallelujah. You are unique. There has never been another you. All the, all the history of humanity, never been another you on the, on the planet. You are in full-time ministry. You are empowered and commissioned by Jesus to bring love, hope and freedom. Thought, you ever got, thought your life was mundane and boring? What God says is our calling and capacity. God says he wants you to understand that he loves to start really small. And he loves to grow things slowly. You are yeast. You know, yeast is the stuff you put in dough that makes it rise. You are yeast. You're hidden and you're slowly working. You carry kingdom seeds full of kingdom DNA. You can sow seeds in your family, in your school, in hospitals, and wherever you go. You're invited to abide in Christ all week, 24-7. You can dig in Christ your own well and drink from it. Monday to Friday, Saturday, all week to Sunday. You can come to Jesus, like we heard last week from Rochelle's dad, for living water. And then you can overflow living water wherever you go. You're invited to enjoy the source. Then you come together on a Sunday in small groups, over a meal, one or two at a station, catching up with people, going on a walk, to, to encourage, to build one another up, to call out the gold in one another, to exhort and encourage one another, to share good news and comfort one another. Together, building a community where people can go from glory to glory to glory to glory and strength to strength to strength. Every part playing a part. You've got grace to supply to other people, activating grace that will bring people alive to speak words and actions and activities and that's going to bring people alive. 
life flows from person to person to person. Not just from a speaker to a people, but a people to a people. Everyone has a message. All of you have a story of Jesus' faithfulness, his provision, his breakthrough. These stories can be passed on to other people and imparted so that your story strengthens them. You might know the groups. I've got, there's someone here who's got a story. He got me out of debt. Now I'm going to help other people live their financial best. He met me in silence. Now I'm going to teach other people how he can speak to us in the quiet place. Others would say, I learned to hear his voice and I can help other people learn to hear his voice too. He set me free. Now I'm going to help other people be free too. He taught me how people grow and now I'm going to teach other people how they grow. I love books. I'm building community about sharing our love of books. Seeds that get planted in the soil of community and in the world around. Ministry isn't just a message, it's a life that you give away. A seed that can be planted everywhere you go. He invites every one of you into his great work of loving the world of carrying his message of forgiveness, reconciliation and hope. He invites every single believer into the most extraordinary adventure, incredible possibilities, often that happen in the most mundane, ordinary, everyday circumstances by simply being someone who's consciously aware of him throughout the day and then deciding to love people. You can lead people to Jesus. You can baptise them. You can set them free. You can make disciples. You can heal the sick. You can deliver the oppressed. All from a place of restful obedience. It's more than coming to a meeting. It's part of it. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, the Church of Jesus Christ is active across the globe. So the pandemic didn't close the church. Refocused us to realise it wasn't just a gathering on a Sunday, though a gathering on a Sunday is a beautiful, wonderful provision. Something wonderful about singing songs to God who we each know personally. It's a wonderful thing, sitting and learning together. Let's land it with this. Discover your part. Amen. Trying to find this little... This whole section of what John Wimber got heard from God. Then God explained to me... That he had good works prepared for me. But they were his works. And I could not do them for him. He told me that I needed to begin to listen to his voice rather than try and distill the Christian life down to a set of rules and principles. 
I began to listen more during my times of prayer and Bible study and more consciously talked with him throughout the normal activities of the day. Then something interesting began to happen. He put new desires and attitude in me. His spirit began to strengthen me to do righteous acts I previously had no desire for. I began to sense his voice more throughout the day and good works were multiplied in my life. Number one for functioning in the body. And by the body, I mean not just the two hours on a Sunday. It's a part of it. I'm talking about the whole of your life as being the part of the church operating 24-7. Make intimacy and connection with the Lord Jesus Christ your one and only priority. Amen. I was walking the dog talking to Jesus, and he said a title of a book I'd not read for 33 years. And the title of that book was A People Saturated with God. We want to understand the state of the church, and while the world thinks the church is irrelevant, you have to come back to the reality that the church needs to be, be saturated all over again with the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. We try to distill everything into methods and programs and principles and rules when actually we're called to a relationship with the person of God, the Holy Spirit. Make intimacy and connection with him your number one priority and ask him to empower you to obedience to his voice. Hang out with God. Let God rub off on you. He has given you places where you are called to influence in your family, at work, your neighbours, a region, in the local church, to make places a better place. Understand that whatever gift you know you carry, it always comes in seed form. You never get the whole thing in one go. It's like God can prophesy something about your future, about where you're going, but then you have it as a seed. Look after the seed. Sow the seed. Be faithful with the seed. Study. Cultivate it. Learn what it is. And plant it wherever you go. Sow it. Water it. Look after your heart where the seed grows. Understand that leadership in the local church is a gift for you draw on leaders around you draw on their wisdom their counsel let them encourage you let leaders cheer you on and help you connect to Jesus leadership is not placed in the church in order to give you a spiritual experience so that you can go away for another week and try not to sin. <laughs> Leadership is there to show you and demonstrate that you too can connect to Jesus and live off the power and the person of the Holy Spirit so that your life will become an incredible <coughs> adventure. To grow in influence, and I would say this is anywhere you go, in your workplace, in your school, in hospitals, in any kind of career, 
to grow an influence in the local church, always be someone who's a follower. In other words, honour whoever in your workplace is a manager or a boss. Honour them, serve them and always be a learner. People who get promoted the quickest in most organisations, researchers say, are people who say, help. Tell me how this place works. I want to understand. I want to honour what you're building. You might not say it like that, but asking for help builds trust quicker than anything because a person who asks for help fills other people with confidence because it makes them think that person really wants to respect what we're doing here. Another way to grow an influence is always be curious, be inquisitive, and if you want to grow an influence, always be a participator and not an observer. Participators grow really quickly. Participators who have humility, ask for help, and get their hands dirty, grow really, 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 very, very quickly. Trust that God has placed an open door for you that no man can close, and you'll walk through it through, through humility, through servanthood, and through participation. Mm. So I'm going to wrap us up. I'm going to ask us to stand. <laughs> Many of the things I just said are pointing to things that are going on in the, lo in the local church. If you want to if you, if you build community and a life group for other people, see Fiola, she's waving her hands. We want to see loads of life groups where people connect to one another, build community, sh uh, share their lives with other people. There are so many opportunities. See one of us if you think, actually, there's so much I want to see happen in this local church. Often where you see a lack you also find you a commission too. So Lord Jesus, I want to thank you for the amazing gift that the local church is. I want to thank you for the remarkable wonder of diversity without conformity, working in Holy Spirit unity. I want to thank you for the amazing gift that salvation is, that you don't just connect us to God, you connect us to one another. Amen. You connect us to nations, mm. for people across the earth, and you make us family. Mm. Thank you that grace doesn't just flow from heaven to us, it flows from us to one another. Mm. Thank you that every single revelation that we receive on our own with God get planted in community Amen. and can feed other people. And Lord Jesus, I pray that for any who think, oh, I've got nothing to give. Even right now, you would say, no, Lord Jesus, you've made me part of your body and you've positioned me where you want me yeah. to be. That we would be those who surrender to your voice and say, yes, I'm included. Yes, I'm needed. You've placed me in the body just where you want me to be. And I pray for each of us, God. You would cause us to be able to draw on you in wonderful ways that we'd make intimacy and relationship with you our priority. I pray we'd be bold with the gifts that, that we have, that we'd give them away, that we'd look after the seeds that you've given us, that we would grow in them, cultivate them, look after them, and, and, and cause us to grow in them. In Jesus' name. And I pray, Lord God, if any, any kind of limiting beliefs that 
get into our heart because of uh, <coughs> our, our history or because we think, oh, the structure, as it were, of church just means I'm not relevant. I pray, God, that you would enable us to pull it down and be everything that you've called us to be Amen. in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen.